2: $25 each.
1: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
0: The Kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So, why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie?
1: Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is no, Matt. Thank you for that kindly welcome. Oh, yes. Uh, Welcome to you. Welcome to Paul, Mission Control Deccan, who is with us. Welcome to Ben in spirit, who is on an adventure, and he will tell us about it when he gets back. He sure will. And uh, so (laughs) today... Or he might not. No, well, who knows? Who knows? But if we do learn something, it will be from his mouth and his mouth alone. The ways of the Ben Bolin are mysterious
3: ways... That is correct. Sort of like the way that character in that U2 song moves <laughs> in mysterious ways.
1: In myste I can't... I e- know no, yeah,
3: no, we can't afford
1: that. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. So today, everyone, we are talking about something we've mentioned on this show numerous times. Uh, we did a whole series on it in video form and a couple episodes of the podcast on this. We're talking about drones today. So what you're saying is we're going to talk about the music of Brian Eno. Yes. This is an Eno-centric podcast. Some of my favorite music is drone music, particularly if I'm editing or doing something where I need to focus on audio. Sure. That is not musical, but like especially if it's talking heads or voices that I'm editing, a little drone in there just keeps it flowing. Having some some kind of crazy trip in a uh, –
3: one of those isolation chambers, you know? Yes, very much like that. Good but, for that, too. But that's not what
1: we're talking about today. Okay, okay. We're, we're talking about the the vehicles, the machines, drones. And, it, you know, it's, it is really weird because if you think about it, what, maybe a decade ago, maybe not even that long ago, a drone was something when you were talking about it in the news or in social media, it was generally – something very different than what we're talking about today. You were talking about an unmanned aerial vehicle that was used by the military. And we're going to talk about the differences between UAVs and drones here in just a moment. But it is weird to think that nowadays you can go to stores in a mall, you can go to Amazon, you can go wherever you shop, and you can buy a pretty sophisticated flying drone, one that has camera equipment integrated into the machine itself or one that you can uh, attach a larger camera to. If you go to uh, DJI, it's one of the biggest companies out there. Sure. They, back in the day, they introduced uh, this drone called the Phantom. Mm -hmm. I remember the Phantom. You could buy them at uh, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it changed, it really did change the game in a lot of ways, that particular drone, and there are several others in the same class. Wouldn't you call those a quadcopter? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, 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 Uh absolutely. Uh But now, uh, like this year, 2020, they've they've got the Mavic series that's been updated, and it's incredible. If if you're a professional actually working in the film industry. Dude, that's all it takes. You get these... Stunning beauty shots with those things.
3: It's mind-boggling the kind of uh, smooth – the way they're uh, stabilized and all of that stuff. I mean it's just amazing oh, technology.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking in particular – I know we're talking about one brand here and this is not an advertisement for DJI or Digi. But if you do want to send us a free uh, <laughs> free dope camera drone, we're here for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, movies now, uh, films, television, music videos, um even even uh, what what are they called the people who are really famous just for being on social media influencers yeah the, those those folks they will use drones um, it's just it's, it's crazy it's shots you used to have to have a legit
3: helicopter to get yes. Like back in the day, you yes. know, like that's how you would get those overhead shots. Now, for maybe ten grand, for like, I mean, that probably more depending on the the, the quality of the camera and stuff. But you could get a probably really insanely high powered camera drone for about ten thousand dollars, and then the prosumer they go down from there. I mean, I well, could yeah. go buy one for like a, a grand or even less.
1: Yeah, for two grand, you can get a top of the line consumer drone that will get you amazing shots. Uh, it might not blow up to four K really well, but it'll look incredible. Incredible. And the reason why we're we're talking about this is just because there are so many more flying objects now roaming around. And there are FAA regulations that we're going to talk about here about when you can fly drones. How high you can fly drones. Exactly. And, and it's very good that those regulations are there, but they are just regulations. They don't stop anyone from flying a drone at a different time that's not within those specifications or, you know, flying at a height that's not within those specifications. And that's that thing that we talk about, about how technology – Almost always outpaces legislation and then legislation is just legislation. <laughs> um, so and, – and here's the deal. Like if you're talking about the FAA, you're talking about a nas- on a national level trying to regulate these things. Then if you just go to a state level or you know even a county level, the rules aren't necessarily going to change. But it's, it's difficult to enforce on that minute level at the county level, let's say with the sheriff's department or something. So – Basically, with all this stuff in the air, with all these people with drones, some weird stuff is going to happen. Oh, yeah. Some sightings are going to occur. No doubt. That are now going to be able to, uh, you know, what was once a UFO may very well be a drone now or a group of drones. I mean, speaking of groups of drones, I don't remember. I think it was
3: at the Olympics where there was this crazy synchronized, like – platoon of a battalion of drones that would Mm -hmm. like spell stuff out in the sky. I think that was through intel. I can't remember, but it was uh, just insane the way they're mapped and they, you know, they can all move in tandem and in a grid almost and create all these effects. Uh, It it, really quickly, we're going to kind of get into a little bit of the history of of drones as a term uh, and some differentiations between types of drones. But this is such a kind of maybe obvious for many of you listeners, but it didn't occur to me until I looked it up. Uh, d- drones are male honeybees. Yes. And that is where the term kind of came into use because a uh, male honeybee can, you know, move up and down, left and right. That's what a drone can do. It's really important for getting those kind of shots or to be able to just hover in place to, you know, get a vantage point and also be able to get it while moving. Um, but that's not necessarily the same. I mean, the term drone is interchangeably kind of used when referring to something called UAVs that are more like aircrafts, I believe, small aircrafts that can deploy, you know, payloads and and precision
1: attacks uh, on targets for the United States military. Yes. And the big difference here, every UAV is a drone, but not all drones are UAVs, right? Pretty similar. Exactly. Um, So... Again, the the media and the military are likely to use the word drone. The FAA uses the term UAV uh, in general. But uh, here's the other weird thing. A drone can in, can be a water vehicle, which is kind of cool. Hmm. You can have – and we talked about this as well. When there's, there's military testing, they create these drone um, submersibles – that are like a, a certain percentage size of an actual uh, submarine. Got it. And they will test them out in that way. Now I want to see one that's like
3: James Bond style, both air and sea at oh, the same time. Is yeah. that a thing?
1: You know it is. Is it? But nobody's. You know, nobody's, nobody's talking about talk about All that. Right? That's fair. Come on.
3: Can't give away that kind of secret. That's true. They're sitting on that IP for a little bit longer before we can buy one of those.
1: Well, yeah, and it's got the anti-grav drive in there and oh, all the stuff from it. Groom Lake. Matt's. Come on, you know it is. It's there. It's real. So we're <laughs> today. Um, we're just going to keep going down this this drone train. It's not a drone train. That would be cool too. Drone huh? hole. Yeah, a drone hole. Uh, and we're going to talk about some mysterious sightings of drones that have been occurring over the end of 2019 mm-hmm. that are still occurring now in 2020. Uh, and we're just going to talk about the possibilities that are within. But we do have to continue down this track of uh, giving some more background information on drones, their usage, and things like that.
3: So as we alluded to, drones um, have become a bit of a a nuisance, if not an outright hazard, right? Like any technology, drones have inherent pros and cons, uh, and some of which we're not even fully aware of because it's relatively – New technology, at least in terms of the sophistication of these devices that Mm -hmm. are now kind of everywhere, right? You see people flying them in parks. You see people taking them up to, like, Canyon Overlooks in, like, Los Angeles or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of them around, which can lead to some sticky situations. Drones can potentially, potentially— makes th- make things safer. This is a pro list, not just for pilots, but for people on the ground as well. They can give you advance warning uh, if there's, you know, trouble afoot up ahead uh, in both military and civilian applications. They are, like we said, affordable, and they're only going to keep going down in price and up in sophistication. That's just how it works when you have an economy of scale like this. The tech expertise uh, required
1: can kind of help, you know, launch new careers, it's, 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 it's a good skill to have. It's certainly an industry that is that is growing here. Well, and here's the other deal. We've been using, as humans, drones for a lot of different applications, as we kind of mentioned there. Uh, right now in Wuhan and other places in China, drones are being used uh, not only to observe areas, just to see where where people are and to see where congestion is occurring. And they're also being used, weirdly enough, to enforce – the the rules that are in place right now because of the coronavirus and the um, – I don't know what you call it. the The harsh control that's being put on the people of Wuhan and surrounding areas trying to control when people are out and curfews and everything. Right. They're using drones to go around and essentially verbally accost people who are not following the strict rules. So there's a video you can watch online right now of an elderly woman walking around at a certain time, I guess after a curfew, and it's just saying, hey, hey, go back, go back indoors, but it's just someone speaking through the drone.
3: Um, I mean, it's certainly almost become a cliche in like, uh, you know, black mirror type scenarios where, you know, things like drones or uh, AI, you know, uh, autonomous kind of robots, I guess, for lack of a, I guess that's what they are. Um there's that kind of tipping point where that technology that once seemed so uh, uh, cool and kind of like quirky and just like oh it's neat it's neat fun this new toy yeah. it sort of takes on a more of a sinister role um, as the technology gets more and more accessible and more and more sophisticated and and like we said um, they have a lot of untapped potential uh, there is you know, there are there is an upside to this technology it's not all dystopian um, but you know like you said what about people that are lost in um, difficult-to-reach areas, you know? You could scout them out in advance with these Mm -hmm. drones in the same way you might send a a probe to Mars or something, you know? And um, uh, exploration, installing telecom, for example, um, weather monitoring and all that. But but we get to the cons, and, you know, that's really where the rubber
1: meets the road. And I can't remember if we mentioned this in this episode yet, but drones of varying types can either be autonomous to an extent or very likely, as most drones are, they are controlled by someone with um, essentially a laptop and a controller. Mm -hmm. And someone is viewing the camera that's attached aboard and they're manipulating the drone with their controller. And they're just getting a readout of what the drone is doing where it is. Uh, Generally, that's how they function. And when you think about that, when an an end user is looking at what the drone is looking at, you kind of get to start seeing the picture of why and how this tech could be easily abused. I mean
3: there's also – there's a really interesting (laughs) uh, and I think very valid um, sort of a satire of this in one of my favorite British British comedies, Toast of London, where um, Stephen Toast, the main character played by Matt Barry, his – the woman he's having an affair with is making a little extra money on the side, um, piloting drones for the U.S. military. And uh, he 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 comes and he's like, Ooh, what are you doing?" And she's just on a laptop, and it's like she's playing a video game. And he's like, "Can I can I do it for a minute?" She goes, "Yes." Make sure you blow up the houses on the left side of the street. Jeez. And then she leaves, and he's just like going to town blowing up houses. And she gets back, and he goes, "She goes, oh, did I say the left side of the street?" <laughs> I meant the right side. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) But but that's, you know, uh, to your point, right? There's this disconnect where when you're not actually, you know, it's just a push of a button. uh, You know, not only can mistakes be made, there is that lack of humanity when you're at such a remove from what you're actually doing with this stuff, right?
1: Exactly. And because anyone can have access to one of these things uh depending on the legal education of that individual you also get into problems we have a we have a quote here that we're going to read from uh Vitana.org. This is the, the legal problem with drones. Because drones are such a new technology, there's a patchwork of laws which govern their use. Some people may be able to use drones anywhere as long as they do not interfere with other aircraft. Others may not be allowed to launch their drone unless it's on their personal property. That creates gray areas of legality where someone may find themselves in violation of a law that they knew nothing about. And that's a problem. If you don't know the laws that are governing the activity that you're partaking in, um, you're likely going to break one. And again, you're talking about airspace above public and private areas, almost always when you're talking about a drone. Uh, There are so many – there are so many drone operators out there – uh, both amateur and professional that know exactly what they need to do, what rules they need to follow, what laws exist under the FAA and they fly their drones responsibly and carefully. They're, that I would say that is the vast majority of drone operators in the world right now um, outside of militaries. And I'm not saying they don't do that. I'm just saying the consumer level, the prosumer level people. But that doesn't affect the reputation that both drone operators and the drones themselves have have gotten over the course of the last several years. Yeah, I mean like I said, they're they're regarded as kind of a public nuisance
3: and uh, I would tend to agree, you know. It's sort of like an extreme version of like kite flying <laughs> or something, you know. <laughs> I can see that. Like if, like if, if there's two – you know, but it's like it, – it's dangerous, you know. They can like – if someone really screws up – it could like those it could hit somebody you know there's different ways that it could interfere with people's lives and 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 make you feel unsafe you know again they're not like massive they're not going to kill you or anything but it's i don't want A plastic thing falling on my head from from the sky. Well,
1: potential damage can occur. Absolutely. Let's say that. Yeah, Uh, I I completely agree. In a lot of different ways.
3: Uh, So, yeah, they've got this terrible public reputation for decades. Science fiction's kind of taught the public the potential terrifying consequences of unregulated drone tech. Militaries have also already used drones to execute human targets. As we know, UAV kills. Uh, continue to be controversial in the U.S. I mean, we've got one that just took place with uh, Suleimani, you know, and whether or not that was even legal to carry that out. You know, again, with that push of a button, you can execute these precision strikes on very specific targets um,
1: without having to put a single human being on the ground. Yeah, but— how specific is it? What's the collateral damage oh. of an explosive launch? You know, there are so many things of course, in there. Of course, and how? How did you? How exactly did you identify that target? And are you absolutely one hundred percent certain that that target is the one that you uh, aimed at? Oh no, <laughs> <don't>, of <laughs> you know course, what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. But I
3: don't think I don't think we're calling into question that it's probably more precision than maybe dropping a massive bomb or, like, mortar rounds on a, you know, village or something like that. Well,
1: yeah, sure. But if it's, let's say, you, your target is in a facility where there are not only the quote-unquote bad guys hanging out in there and your bad guy target hanging out in there, but there's also staff. Like oh, for just sure. civilian staff and civilian families, perhaps. I know. You're absolutely right. You're it's are absolutely a, right. It's a tough thing to... It's a tough thing to think about and then try and make some kind of legislation or, or rules or to create morals around it. Like, yeah, what, it's sort of like the Venn diagram of
3: like, you know, at what point is this an acceptable number of uh, civilian ca- – somebody's got that calculation. You know what I mean? Somebody's yeah. made it. Yeah. Or I guess it's maybe exclusively at the judgment of the president himself or the person who's executing no. the strike.
1: Well, no, we talked about it before. One of the solutions was to categorize any male – of fighting age that is defined uh, as a possible enemy combatant that is operating or hanging out within an area where a target is operating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really wonderfully messed up. Did you know that uh, it's
3: actually – I don't know if, if illegal is the right term, but we don't use the word assassination. We don't assassinate. Yeah. Why would you assassinate anyone? That's what I'm saying. Like It, it, it was like legislated like that. That's we don't use that word anymore. That's like a bad word. And I forget the exact. I think they need to say precision strike or something along those lines. When Trump made the speech, you know, his kind of victory lap speech or whatever, he was talking about doubling down on how killing Suleimani was the, the exact right thing to do. And he referred to it as a flawlessly executed precision strike. And there was a piece on NPR about how we don't talk. We don't say we assassinated somebody.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this before, but uh, President Obama really, really oh, yeah. went to town with the drone no strikes, and strikes and precision strikes. No question uh, about it. And honestly, that that's a big part of
3: what people remember about him as his presidency is that he was he was real loosey goosey with those well, with those drones. It
1: has less to do with the standing president and more to do with the technology. Agreed. And uh, the calculations. Okay, so. Um, Just really quickly, we talked about how drones are prone to accidents. We talked about, you know, human error always comes in – or not always comes into it because some of them are autonomous. Uh, Sometimes it's technical error. But, you know, if you actually have a controller and you're flying one, you could crash one of these things. Drones do sometimes interfere with nature. Uh, Some of these drones that are submersible are having effects on marine life. If you imagine just the frequencies that are generated when you've got – those propellers going for, let's say, a quadcopter or something if you're out in nature. We're, you know, we're right now studying, scientists are studying what kinds of effects that has on on animal life, as well as, you know, if you think about um, wind energy farms that Mm -hmm. have the Mm -hmm. giant turbines that it is also generating frequencies and it seems to be having an effect on wildlife. We've talked about that before. So there's a lot to think about here. So look, before we really get in to the rest of this, we're gonna, We need to take a quick word from our sponsor. While we're doing that, look around. Like are you walking outside? Are you like what are you doing? Are you driving? Just take a quick peek. See, do you see any drones flying around? you see any flashing lights? Is it nighttime? you see anything? Uh, let us know. But for now, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor.
0: at
1: and we're back.
3: So here's the other thing, uh, the, the quite spooky thing. No one really knows what they're doing. Uh, more and more people are going to spot drones up, in there, up there in the sky. Did you? Did you spot any? Um, you probably did. I would. I would. I would hazard a guess. I uh, certainly have on many occasions. There's a little tiny one floating around in here right now, above our heads. What? It's, it's it's a silent drone. Oh lord! Silent but deadly drone. But yeah, I don't know what it's doing. It's just making me, you know, feel things. Uh, but no one knows. Many people do not know what drones are up to. Uh, the ones you can see, the ones you can't see, um, you know, there's a lot of nefarious things that even, you know, consumer-grade drones can do. You could use them to spy on people, for example, to invade people's privacy. There is a lot of kind of unknown uh, quantities in this whole drone
1: equation,
3: and there's no accountability, right?
1: Yeah, That's the issue. Well, yeah, it's difficult, to find accountability somehow when you have an individual operator somewhere in a county, somewhere within the contiguous United States especially. Remember in uh, Parks and Rec when it gets into the future
3: and they've got Grizzle or whatever, the kind of uh, – it's like a Facebook-type company. Yes, and yes. they have drones that deliver gifts to people based on their Grizzle profiles and <laughs> uh, Ron Swanson – just loses his mind, yeah, uh, because yes. it delivers a present for his his very young son who has yeah, no social yeah, media yeah. profile, right? So what does he do? He starts shooting him out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's gonna. I'm telling you, man, that's gonna become a thing. You're gonna have these like get off my lawn, you know, types that are out there literally shooting drones out of the sky. With well, sure, their, and you know, <laughs> if it's for,
1: on your property and yeah. you have a gun and you're in a you're in a state that allows for guns, mm-hmm. uh, you, have at.
3: What do you, legally? What do you you' gonna do at the very least. It's it's good. It's good target practice. Um, but that's right. There's just no accountability. Mystery drones.
1: Yeah, this is a thing yeah. around the world and right here in the United States. Oh yeah. And today we're talking about a couple of specific. Let's let's call them groups of sightings. Certain areas in the United States where there are a lot of drone sightings occurring. That appears strange and not only to the initial reporters and the, you know, people actually having these sightings, but to authorities. So we're going to jump to December uh, 2019 last year. The Denver Post and ABC News and NBC News, the local affiliates there, they all began reporting about these strange patterns of drones that are being seen and spotted around northeast Colorado and we'll see a little later. it wasn't just in northeast Colorado so let's just let's just talk about what exactly the sightings were around seven o'clock in at night in northeastern Colorado, around you know fifteen seventeen drones, allegedly very large ones uh came from somewhere, flew over this area, and they appeared to be searching for something that's kind of applying meaning to the flight patterns right but they appeared to be in some kind of search pattern and they would—they ended up disappearing around 9.30, 10 o'clock that night. So let's say roughly two and a half hours, three hours of flight time. Reports were coming from multiple sources. It wasn't just, you know, somebody playing a prank saying, hey, I'm seeing lights in the sky. What the heck was that? It was, hey, there are drones and there are a bunch of them and they're flying in this weird pattern. Um... Here, here's the thing. So the Denver Post then quoted Thomas Elliott. He's the sheriff of a local county, Phillips County there. And he describes the drone activity in pretty pretty good detail. The FAA was contacted by Thomas Elliott, the, the sheriff there in Phillips County, who said they don't know what it is. Um, they at least – they can't confirm anything at this point. Didn't the Air Force chime in too and they didn't know? Yeah. They, they said this is not – our fleet of drones that's operating right now, um, and then even even Forcecom F O R S C O M the Forcecom Forcecom <laughs> um, the United States Army Forces Command. They said, "Hey, this is also not us, guys." Um, so the big question is, what was occurring in Colorado, northeastern Colorado, in December of 2019? What were those drones? That's really our big question for today, but it's not just this sighting in this area. Where it gets crazy is here. Okay, (laughs) I like (laughs) it. I like the spin on it. I just,
3: I can't. You can't. You can't do it any better than Mr. Boland. So you got to give it its own, its own flavor. I I love it. All right.
1: So, so that that is occurring, right? Now, let's – I'm going to jump to this other – you're just going to have to bear with me, Noel. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Jump to this uh, other story here about one of the first sightings. It was on – this one was on December 17th of 2019. OK. In this one, there's a sheriff named Tom Nestor. He's in Lincoln County. He said there have been two confirmed reports of drone sightings in his county over open areas such as ranches. uh, And they were first noticed on December 17th. Uh, This is called Mystery Drones Flying Over Northeastern Colorado from ABC News. You can find it uh, if you'd like to. And here's the thing. Residents in these areas, they have no idea what's going on. They don't understand why the drones are being operated at night. And uh, the sheriff there is worried about the local airport, you know, a small airport that's – they have emergency helicopter flights that are going on sometimes at night depending on if there's an emergency or a police operation or something like that. And the uh, – again, the, the FAA said that this, you know, this area is pretty isolated and rural and it's not really a controlled uh, traffic space, air traffic space. So they're not that worried about other aircraft running into these drones or any kind of major things like this. Just to say like it wasn't a single county that we were talking about with the Denver Post. It is multiple counties in northeastern Colorado that are looking into this and it's not just those two counties either. So let's get into some of these reports. Uh, Sergeant Vince uh, Lovanella
3: Lovanella of the Morgan County Sheriff's Department, um, he recalled the moment he began getting multiple drone reports on the evening of December 30th. And he uh, referred to... Multiple residents calling in um, saying that they were they were seeing all these drones. They didn't know where they were coming from. They were hovering above their houses, hovering above their farms. Um, you'd be hearing reports ranging from four drones to ten drones in a single area at any given time. Um, and then he uh, was getting reports that some of them were low-flying and were at least six feet long. Now, that's like a UAV,
1: right? I mean that's – quite large. It's cl- yeah, it's closer to a UAV. A 6-foot drone is is pretty dang big.
3: Seriously. Uh so Lovinella, he, you know, no made a note that the drones were so high they couldn't actually be heard. But they had white and red flashing lights that were seen when they would fly over areas at a high speed. Then they were were seen slowing down um, to that sustained kind of hovering uh, thing that they do. And um, they would do that for
1: quite a while, which is eerie. And the sergeant there at the Morgan County Sheriff's Department – again, this is the third sheriff's department for the third county that we're, we're discussing here – uh, he said several deputies were attempting to follow the flight path of these drones, like where are they going? Where are they coming from? And they're just in their patrol cars, you know, trying to watch where they're headed. And the sergeant said they were unable to determine exactly where they were going. The sergeant there, LaVanella, estimated there could have been up to 30 drones moving in concert at a single time. That's a ton. and And it's certainly odd, especially flying at night, because guess what, guys? Drones are not supposed to be flying at night. According to the FAA regulations, it's 30 minutes before dawn when you can fly a drone and 30 minutes after – dusk like after the sun goes down what do you think what's the rationale behind that do you think just flying drones at night it just causes a safety hazard yeah. i think for yeah. any other aircraft that makes sense um and i'm assuming there may be some privacy stuff going on there but i don't know i yeah, just know that makes sense officially to protect others you don't fly them at night and these are definitely flying at night and that danger was illustrated when a medical helicopter had an extremely close call with an unidentified drone in that northeastern Colorado area on January 8th of this year, 2020. So on that day, you have 70 local, federal,
3: state, and military officials jumping into action, um, getting down there to the rural town of Brush, Colorado to um, assemble a joint task force of between 10 and 15 different government agencies to come together to solve this mystery. I mean, that's a pretty serious hustle uh, there. Uh, The sheriff of Morgan County, a guy named David Morgan, interesting, Uh um, uh, uh, probably a coincidence, he told ABC that he and his colleagues were really concerned that people might try to shoot the drones down. Just what we were talking about. Exactly, and injure themselves or others in the process. Uh, By the way, UAVs are considered aircraft by the FAA and shooting down an aircraft, is a federal crime um, carrying a
1: possible twenty-year sentence. So don't shoot down drones. But again, then you get in the that's the sticky area. Oh, dude, that exactly. would be a crazy court case. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of the cannabis legislation of uh, you know states versus federal. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It's
3: also, I mean, at what point is a drone considered an aircraft? Is it about size? Is, is there any distinction between like the little twenty-dollar one I buy from Best Buy? And like a six-foot-long one like we're talking about here? I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know the federal – the exact federal law, like the letter of the law. I'd be
3: intrigued. It'd be kind of – I mean, I'm sure – you know, probably not a good idea to shoot anything out of the sky. But, you know, still, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Um, so by the time the task force was assembled
1: – They're like, um, all right,
3: we got everybody here. Yeah. Everybody's ready to go. We're going to figure gonna out solve this mystery. We got the gang together. We got Scooby. We got Velma. <laughs> we got – who, wow! Who, who, really? Who's the other one? Shaggy. Uh, Shaggy's the best, though. You like Shaggy? Who, who was the other one with the ascot? Who was kind of a turd? He never was very helpful. He was kind of the good-looking one. Fred. Yeah, that was who's it. Fred. Yeah, Freddy.
1: Oh boy, Scoob!
3: Sorry, that's all I got. That's, that's good. No, that was sure. good. And then, and then, uh, his girlfriend was was a Veronica. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about Scooby Doo. We're talking about an elite government task force assembled for the purposes of getting down. It was about the mystery. That's what it was about. It was getting yeah. to, getting to the heart of this mystery. But lo and behold, as soon as this uh, creme de la creme, you know, as a, a converge on this town, everything kind of dries up. The trail goes cold. No more reports.
1: Well, they started tapering off the official reports, right? Mm-hmm. But mystery drones started appearing all over other places like Nebraska and uh the local NBC affiliate out there Channel 6 News uh let's see they're in near Omaha Nebraska they started talking about and reporting a bunch of these mystery drone sightings at night over farmland and that was happening in January same kind of the same time January 7th um it continued to happen um Just these weird drone clusters flying in a formation over farmland. Nobody knows what they're doing or where they're going. It's just odd. It's just stinking odd. It is. And this task force got together, but they just really couldn't make anything happen because they had moved on, I guess, or at least they weren't being reported as much by the citizens there in northeastern Colorado. So
3: it's no surprise that, like, you know, people are prone to do – people started to talk, you know? Yeah. The rumor mill started going – Social media. Going ham. Seriously, social media began fueling this thing. Just worked up into a froth. Um, So let's walk through some of the possibilities – Uh, Some of the things that uh, folks were conjecturing might have been at play here, Um, what's most likely and, of course, what's least likely. But first, let's take a quick break.
0: at purdueglobal.edu
1: and we're back
3: uh, so first and foremost not foremost but first definitely first let's just address the elephant in the room the big green or gray elephant in the room Uh, like UFOs you mean That's those are the ones
1: these yeah. unidentified flying objects that most people have said oh wait no they're drones <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, so what if extraterrestrials are
3: A, real, B, here, right now, amongst us, uh, and C, using what appear to be UAVs to surveil uh, our, our planet? What do you think about that, Matty? Uh,
1: Okay. So the NBC affiliate as well as the ABC affiliate in uh, – well, the, the NBC affiliate in Nebraska and the ABC affiliate in Colorado – both teams sent out reporters at night to try and get footage of these drones. And both of those teams were able to go to areas where sightings had occurred in both Nebraska and uh, – near Omaha, Nebraska and in Colorado, northeastern Colorado. And they were able to see and get footage, TV footage of these drones. Most of them were like a single drone that was flying around at night or maybe two maximum flying around. But – and and here's the deal. They could hear – the I believe the Omaha teams at NBC could hear both propellers on one, and then they saw another one that sounded like an aircraft, like a, like a plane, a small Interesting. plane. Um, so I'm sorry, just really quick clarification
3: for me. Can the UAVs not hover? You say they're like small aircraft. Does that mean they have to constantly be moving, or can they hover stationary in the same way that a drone can?
1: A lot of UAVs, at least the ones that are known about, that have been operating in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, are more plane-like. Got they it. take off and they land and they fly through the air. And when they fire a precision strike, the weapon is the thing. The like missile itself is the thing that's being guided by. Uh, I'm trying. I'm saying this with a lot of authority, but my understanding is that systems on the UAV itself and the missile are working in concert to, uh, to make the precision Got strike. It. And it's an important distinction. Yeah, absolutely. Um but so we're talking about aliens here. The question is let's let's say the question is would extraterrestrials if they were to visit planet Earth, would they just come down as, you know, their bodily form, whatever that is, in a suit or maybe even in an aircraft of some sort or would they send some kind of autonomous drones or even remote controlled drones to surveil the Earth before they come down? Um, My answer would be – well, again, from my understanding and maybe just sci-fi tropes, you would definitely send autonomous things that you can replicate again if one of those is to be destroyed and you wouldn't endanger any member of a species or any important, you know, uh, being. Yeah, on the surface it seems like a very humanitarian –
3: effort kind of you know, well, it's got that component to it
1: well even if the even if the drone is armed and has defensive capabilities uh, all i'm saying is you wouldn't risk oh god this is me putting a bunch of my uh human like ideas onto this but in my mind, you wouldn't risk sending an actual being down. You would just send an autonomous thing, totally. That's going to check it out. Uh, that's what I, that's what I mean. I mean, I think I think uh, drones
3: obviously have a bad rap for many reasons, but they do they do accomplish some humanitarian thing in that they save the lives of pilots that might go down with their planes or that might yeah. you know risk their lives uh, for this mission. So it does cut down on the human cost of doing yeah. this kind of stuff. Obviously, not for the quote-unquote bad guys or whatever, but on our end or on, on the whoever is wielding the drones, yeah. that is a positive, a net positive.
1: Absolutely. So here is why I think a lot of people, once this hit social media, began associating aliens with it. And I think, this is just my opinion, that It's being connected to stories of cattle mutilation. I was about to say, why are aliens only hanging out in farm country? Because a lot of that occurs over farms and ranches. And a lot of this activity also occurred over large swaths of land that are used for farming and sometimes ranching. So I I think that's kind of being connected as then, well, maybe these drones or what we think are drones are actually the alien spacecraft. And they're also doing this other stuff, this weird stuff out there on the Hmm. farmland. Um, That's just my opinion again. Because it seems very implausible that the sightings that are occurring have anything to do with extraterrestrials, but in my mind, you gotta leave it open for possibility until you can conclusively prove what it is. I mean the internet's gonna
3: do what the internet's gonna do um so we move on to maybe an order of plausibility, I guess we've got secret military practice um we certainly know. And can attribute many quote-unquote UFO sightings to people catching a glimpse of uh, classified tests of uh, secret military tech. Sure. Right?
1: That's a thing. Sure. Um, you know, the some of the sightings do put the drones or estimate the drones to be about six feet. And let's say in – I don't know, in diameter. Um, possibly a larger model that we're unaware of commercially or – There are some models that are pretty dang large and could fit the bill there. But size of the drones aside, it feels unlikely that the military would be operating and conducting tests over private farmland. Generally, when you're thinking about that kind of thing, you think about Groom Lake and other facilities like that. They have huge areas of open land right. that they can fly things yeah, 100%. over. 100%. Why would you not do testing? It would be super risky. Yeah. There are air bases. There are huge areas of land and sea that are controlled by the United States military that you could do that kind of testing over. And it doesn't make sense to me why they would do it over you know, private land. But again, I don't know. It It isn't – this one is, let's just say, far more likely, though, than the extraterrestrial angle, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Matt, really quickly, um,
3: what, what's what, – I'm so so shocked that these c- c- consumer drones, the battery life on them is garbage. Yeah. Like five minutes. Uh, six minutes on some of these. I'm looking at one that's 500 bucks and the battery life flight time is six minutes.
1: Yeah. But, you know, spend $1,500 more and it goes up pretty heavily and you can get extra – can you get extra batteries on some of them? I don't yeah, know. You can. Depending I mean, on the model. You could bring it back and flip it out. But that's another here or there. I was just surprised because <laughs> I,
3: I bought like a pretty cheap drone and I thought the battery life was insanely low. But now I'm looking at even the, some of the expensive ones uh, are – quite low as well.
1: Well, yeah, and that is a thing to bring up here. These drones were allegedly operating for two and a half, three, three hours. long time. I mean, those are clearly
3: high. As high, high, I, I'm looking online right now. I'm like, where can I get a UAV for sale? You yeah. can't. You, you just can't. Yeah. You know, the best one we could get would be like, you know, a couple grand, maybe 10 grand or something like that for a really crazy, fancy cinema type one. But for a you, you, UAV? N- well, no, a drone. You can't, oh, okay, you can't okay. get a UAV. That's not even a thing. Like, <laughs> you, there's nowhere a guy like you or me could get our hands on one. That way we'd have to find some sort of a black market, you know, weapons dealer or something like that, you Yikes. know? So, yes, to your point, the flight time really does add to the whole military component for sure.
1: But it all depends on the, the model and whether or not it's something that is available to, like you said, consumers or prosumers. Okay, so here's the other thing. Could this be not just a military practice of some sort, but an operation? Like um, let's say they're going out and trying to observe something on the ground over these uh, areas of farmland that is not necessarily observable um, by the human eye. And that's why they're operating at night. Maybe they're using infrared sensors or something. Maybe they are – uh, tracking with some other sensor that we're not thinking about, maybe radiation. That sounds – that's a little implausible. But it's, again, something that would be unseeable that you could track with a machine such as this with certain sensors.
3: Absolutely. I mean there's – you know, there's no question that something along those lines is going on. Well,
1: here's – and here's the other thing. What if it is some kind of let's say grow operation – Mm. Now, that's a new one. Now, we're talking about Colorado. Like, this is to monitor
3: their crops and make sure no one's, like, making sure the cops aren't trying to snatch their crops?
1: I, or looking for crops, perhaps, oh, by a federal agency. Oh, you think it's – I see. I see. That makes more sense. Or – but what if it is internal? What if it is a grow operation that is – You know, trying to keep tabs on their stuff, trying Mm -hmm, to make sure they're mm -hmm. good. Maybe it's a secret where the stuff is actually being grown for some reason. That is intriguing. Um, Especially when you're talking about Nebraska because, you know, in Colorado, what's the state of marijuana, uh, cannabis in Colorado? Legal. Legal. It's It's legal. legal. Okay. So what about Nebraska? No, not so much. Okay. So the drones have been seen in Nebraska and Colorado. And I'm wondering, and this is complete speculation on my part, that there may be some kind of weird thing going on (laughs) between uh, uh, something being grown in Nebraska and taken over into Colorado to be sold. That's complete speculation. If you are doing that and are part of this, I don't care personally. Uh, Don't reach out. But uh, that's just my – that's my theory. You can reach out to me if you want. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But but could it be Uncle Sam doing something illegal like that they want to keep away? Maybe they're – maybe they're hunting for something that's on the ground somewhere. Maybe some kind of foreign intelligence sensors that exist out in the middle of farmland. Why would you have foreign intelligence sensors in the middle of farmland somewhere? I don't know maybe because it has something to do with strategically placed missile silos Whoa. that are across the United States? Okay. In farmlands?
3: Okay. Is uh, this are you is this are you
1: speculating about this I'm do you speculating some, do you again? i you speculating again? About these secret missile silos? I'm trying to give examples of why like why in the heck would some unknown military group uh, becoming farmland in Nebraska and Colorado.
3: It's a good question. Uh, what if there's, you know, let's let's go a step further. Unacknowledged research by some other government agencies, uh, like the United States Geological Survey, for example, using drones to conduct routine geo- So this is like the innocuous version of this problem that you're describing, right? Uh,
1: yes, and using
3: to you know to do geologic
1: survey type we, activities. We do have to point out there are. Agricultural uses for drones in places like Nebraska and Colorado, uh, and I'm 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 just going to put this out there: there are reasons where you would want to have drones flying over farmland to check out crops, especially when you're in uh, certain times of the season. Sure. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you go to the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, they've got a thing called CropWatch at the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. Uh, yeah, the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources CropWatch. Well done. So they use they use drones for a variety of reasons uh, for uh, working nitrogen or you know managing the nitrogen that goes into a certain crop, uh, let's say for corn especially. Um, Checking out something called stand assessment when you're looking at a crop, like checking out weeds or scouting for weeds. Um, That way you don't have to actually drive out there and look out. Let's say you've got a huge swath of land that's just farmland that's got uh, corn all over it or wheat all over it, and you want to assess what's going on with the weeds out there, you can send a drone and check it out. It's really interesting. There's all kinds of uses that are being developed for drone technology within agriculture and farming. And it is a real thing. So when you're talking about seeing a bunch of drones on farmland, maybe it's just being used for that. Again, it gets back to why fly at night though. And if you're using infrared technology, maybe it's for hunting pests or for identifying pests that are out like nocturnal that are out at night which is another possibility here. But who really knows? And outside of just agriculture, there are other reasons that you could be, like, checking out, like, essentially for mapping, right? Sure.
3: Oh, yeah. So there's the geological survey stuff. There's uh, think about – I mean, come on. Think about the way Google uses – Cars to, to go around and, like, take 360-degree photos of cities, you know, for Google Street View and stuff. How cool would it be to be able to do that aerially, you know, with yeah. with drones that can take the same kind of either VR-type camera that would be hanging from the bottom of one of those that can record literally an entire sphere um, at super high resolution? You could use that for really in-depth mapping. I mean, I can't imagine why, if it's not already being done, it's certainly not being done by the military in secret,
1: you know. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the satellite imagery that uh, consumers and the public are not privy to that exists out there—that's high pretty high-res okay. satellite imagery. You don't think you could get even go even further, get even better? Like with, I absolutely think yeah, if you're taking 4K, 6K yeah, photography right. over the land, the question is why farmland that's just got. Wheat or, that's or corn on it. That's true. Um, well, and the other – the argument there is that it's far w- enough away from roads where you can't just have a Google car drive by and get you great images. But, oh. you know – But Google tends to be
3: pretty transparent about that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and again, you wouldn't do it at night because that's not going to make a good
1: <laughs> image, you know? Yes. If it was a big company like Google or something like that, they would most certainly alert the FAA and local regional authorities yeah. that that was going down. If not just the private landowners. Right. I mean, well, I don't know. Would Google alert the private
3: landowners? They're supposed to not be evil, so I would hope they would at least give them a little call.
1: They don't They don't let me know when the Google car drives by my house and, oh, no, and but, my but front but lawn but looks
3: terrible but Google. On, that's a good question. I've always wondered that. This is a whole other discussion. But isn't it kind of invasion? I mean, I guess whatever you can see from a public place is in the public domain. Yeah. you can take a picture of the front of my house, and it be on Zillow or whatever. I didn't have to give you permission to take that picture. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hmm. Your your, your lawn usually does. look is it okay if rough
1: I is it okay if I take pictures of the front of your house, like just the, at night?
3: I would have not I would expect nothing less. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You creep.
1: Glad to get that retroactive. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. You got it.
3: You have you have full carte blanche, creep uh, privileges on on my abode. Um, no, but then you've so there you go. Right. So okay. So let's 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 cross some things off the list. Right. Uh, aliens. Pretty easily dismissed. Uh, by far, the least likely possibility. Now, I'm not scoffing anyone that believes in aliens. I mean, in this scenario, I, I, you know, it's again that rumor mill that kind of tends to get the internet going nuts with stuff like this. That's always like kind of low hanging fruit um, for a certain. Uh, type of enthusiast, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If there was anything weird going on in the sky, something that could not be explained, then the proliferation of surveillance technology would uh, make that pretty quickly apparent, I would say. If if these uh, devices originated from outside of our atmosphere or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would get flagged
1: most certainly, and and if the military was doing some kind of operation out there on private land, um they would admit it at least in a broad term. They say, "Hey, we've got uh, there is something occurring right now, and we are operating in this area." But there's nothing to see here. don't worry about it. Um, we're gonna move elsewhere for further testing or something like that. I mean they they admit the x37b that we keep talking about on this show over and over and over, which is a drone. it's an unmanned space drone. It really does creep me out um, again this is this is Something that we very much enjoy talking about, and we monitor what X thirty seven B and the rest of the amazing mini space shuttles are doing out there. That are just kind of doing their own thing. Uh, ben Ben in particular is a huge fan of the X thirty seven B. Just so everybody's aware of that. But we do know that the United States has conducted secret operations where they test things on small populations within the United States specifically with chemicals and other things like that. So maybe you could imagine that these drones are spraying some kind of chemical. Speaking of that, by the way, what if they are crop dusting? Okay. All right. So a kind
3: of a high, higher tech version of the old planes that would, uh, yes. that would fly over like in North by Northwest.
1: Yeah, the, putting, the hedge, yeah. putting pesticides right. on a crop. Or, you know, uh, treating with certain herbicides to kill the the weeds if they're using some kind of, you know, uh, large GMO seed or something like that. Um, that's, that is very much a possibility. The weird thing is the landowners weren't aware in some cases. Okay. So uh, there's more to this, by the way. We didn't even talk about just amateur operators of drone enthusiasts that are just doing night flights, which is a possibility. I don't think so.
3: That doesn't add up with the with the the, the length of time these things are hovering in the air, the length of the
1: actual it machines. Is a, yes, and it is a swarm of them, or you know, multiple drones at one time. Yeah, I guess that doesn't really match up, but it is a possibility, and it's more likely than extraterrestrials, I would say. I would tend to but, agree. But you know, we we just have to keep that in there. So let let's talk about as we're kind of wrapping up here. Let's talk about. The social media impact and really the fear that was generated and concern – uh, after this started being
3: reported in the media. So what if the folks in these Colorado counties started reacting to the initial reports and these reports influenced the way they interpreted stuff they saw, like the Bader-Meinhof syndrome or complex or whatever, where you have something on top of mind, you start to see it everywhere, a song in your head, a word, whatever. This is like an extreme example of that because, again, with all of the you know, kind of uh, alarmist, alarmism surrounding the proliferation of drones, for all those reasons we listed at the top of the show, there's a reason people would not be trustful of them and tend to, you know, go down those mental rabbit holes when they see it and think that they're seeing them everywhere and they're after me. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're, they're watching me, right? It's like almost a form of mass hysteria, kind of, right? In a way, potentially. So, for example, uh, Colorado officials had received 90 reports of drone activity between November 23rd and January 23rd. And of those, 14 are be confirmed to be hobbyist drones. Of 23 drone reports since Jan 6th, uh, 13 were determined to be, quote, planets, stars, or small hobbyist drones. Those are... All very different things.
1: Yeah, because not all of these sightings are created equally. That's true. Uh, they, you know, it the sight or the distance at which the drones are sighted or the alleged drones are sighted is very, very different. Um, and again, some can be heard, some cannot. Some are just flashing lights, and some are much higher than others. And by the way, of those um, – Let's see, 13 since January 6th, uh, six were ruled out as atmospheric conditions or commercial aircraft. Wait, condi- what do you mean conditions? Atmospheric conditions. You know, swamp gas. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, but but, oh, okay. but just some kind of other atmospheric condition. A, I, a, a, a sort of a visual disturbance, some some sort of like – Honestly, I'm not exactly sure what they are referring to there. Yeah. But just they were ruled out at I least by the authorities. I let's got
3: say. it. I got it. That's a weird one.
1: But there were four that could not be identified by the local law enforcement, which is something, right?
3: So at that point, don't they officially become UFOs?
1: Uh, they can't tida. be identified? Well, well, here's the deal. Imagine you're reading the first report that came out in December. Okay. Let's say it's the evening. Let's say you walk outside. You mm. live kind of near a farm or a bunch of other farms. Sure. And you're just looking around in the sky. And then you see something that you don't – normally see or you don't normally notice because now you're looking for it and it's just an airplane. But to your mind, you're primed to be seeing something that's, you know, has to do with this article, the information you've just processed. Absolutely, uh, th- That could be exactly what's happening. And then, you know, more and more people, all of these other reports get generated and uh, because everybody's looking for it now. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, essentially, what I'm saying is false reports. But here's another thing. What if there were no drones ever? What if the drones never existed? And this is where we go to Vice.
3: Right. Uh, Vice did some reporting that argued that the drones never in fact existed. Instead, the drones were, according to their argument, simply misidentified um, despite what was reported as an organized grid search pattern, regular schedule, and all of that. So what What does that mean? Is this a cover-up? Uh, is, are there any – some possible like nefarious ulterior
1: motives at play here? What, what's going on? Possibly. Let's get into this other thing here, which is one of the most popular theories that you may have read online or seen in somebody's feed somewhere. So among let's call them drone enthusiasts, people who who like to operate drones, is that the timing of this whole thing, the end of 2019, early 2020, is pretty coincidental with this recently proposed FAA rule that is going to or will, would – could require drones to be identified remotely using a unique identifier and GPS coordinates that get sent via cell signal to a central database. And a lot of enthusiasts worry that this is going to wreak havoc on their ability to just go and operate their drone when they feel like it, where they feel like it, in a place that they're already following the rules to be safe, but then this is just going to add another layer of bureaucracy basically. And these hobbyists who are against this FAA rule think that this whole mystery drone sighting thing over my property and all of that is a way to drum up support for this new rule that would at least allow the FAA to keep tabs on every drone that's flying in the skies. I am interested in what you think about this this new proposed FAA rule about knowing where all the drones are at any time when they're being operated. Uh, Write into us, call us, let us know what you think about that, Um, especially if you're a drone operator. I really want to know what you think about all of that. Now, as we're getting to the very end here, I just want to bring up that I actually personally called the WOWT News Desk. This is the NBC affiliate in Omaha, Nebraska, and they did a lot of reporting. This is the Channel 6 uh, NBC channel there. I talked to someone at the News Desk, specifically asked him about the mystery drones and the reporting that's going on, what they have found out. And this was just the other day. We're recording this on February 7th. I talked to him two days ago. And this is what he said. The aviation folks that we spoke to said the majority of them were actual airplanes that were being reported, both small aircraft and larger aircraft that was higher in the sky. The sheriff's department, after initially investigating, uh, looking into this stuff in the county where they, where they live there in Nebraska, he said that the department was no longer interested in looking into this stuff. And uh, he further said that the station and the news team were unable to determine if the drones were actually moving eastward because part of this uh, – part of the story in Nebraska there that I can't remember if I even talked about – was that the drones appeared to be moving only eastward uh, from where they were in Omaha, Nebraska. Huh. Uh, it's just a little odd, but a lot of the reports were saying that's what was happening. And he was just saying that the news team couldn't determine if that was the, the case. And in the end, he believes just what we were talking about, that it became a social media phenomena where everybody was seeing drones now and everybody's reporting it. It's it's a common
3: phenomenon in, in some of these types of stories, though, isn't it? You know, you start to kind of believe the hype, or you start to believe, or you maybe even you. There's part of your brain that like wants to believe. It can be it's a combination of people that are like really freaked out and a combination of people that are like fascinated by it and think oh, yeah. that they're uh, you know given the given the scoop, you know, and they're you know, they've got the inside track on this stuff, right? They're part of something, you know.
1: Dude, if a if a story popped up in the AJC tomorrow about a Mothman sighting mm-hmm. somewhere in the old Fourth Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better believe I'm going to be out with binoculars, just scouring every with darkened with corner. net. your butterfly
3: net. Just, you know? <laughs>
1: no, but just searching for yeah. a sighting, hoping that I'll get to see it, even if that initial report was bogus. But if I do see something, I mean, you better believe I'm, I'm – I'm calling everybody. You you weren't with us, uh,
3: that that road trip I went on with Ben and Scott Benjamin and Casey Pegram for uh, Car Stuff years ago. I was there in spirit. We went there, you know, to the Mothman Museum, and there's this statue of the Mothman. Where is that? What's what's what, what city is that?
1: Point Pleasant. Point no, Pleasant. no, no, that's right, that's right. Okay,
3: is that West Virginia? Yes, it is. Point Pleasant, baby. Well, there's a statue, there's a sculpture of the Mothman uh, in their little downtown square, and he looks like uh, one of those He-Man action figures from the the eighties, with like he's got like a nine pack and and a
1: very defined buttocks. Mm, Ingrid Cold, man, I lo- I'm a big fan. I who I'm a big fan of the whole thing, the, the whole, whole Mothman shebang. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you seen the Mothman? Write to me uh, and us. Yeah. <laughs> you can hit Matt up on social media at <laughs> MothmanLover666. <666. laughs> yes. Um, somebody, someone out there has that username. You think so? Yeah, I'm sure. You're probably because right. I tried to use it. I think it's
3: actually at Matt Frederick
1: underscore
3: h no underscore iheart.
1: Yeah, that's it. So look, let's get to our conclusion because we do have some information from the Colorado Department of Public Safety because they concluded that quote, "We at the Colorado Department of Public Safety have
3: confirmed no incidents involving criminal activity nor have investigations substantiated reports of suspicious or illegal drone activity. The Colorado Information Analysis Center, CIAC or CIAC, uh, will continue to receive and analyze suspicious drone activity reports." Sounds like they're closing the book on this one. Uh, they're leaving it open for, you know, and they're like saying, hey, quit bugging us with this stuff, you know. Yeah. Stop, stop letting your imaginations run wild.
1: If you want to read the official report, you can head on over to Colorado.gov and search for update drone activity. you would probably be able to find it that way. Got it. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I mean – Good reading? Good light reading? They're, I mean they're updating it as it goes. So that's one of the best things you can do right now besides reaching out to somebody who's, you know, reporting on it or sure has cited something. So we really just want to know what you think about all this stuff. Uh have you noticed suspicious drones anywhere where you live, especially if it's in the middle of nowhere or over large areas of farmland? Um is there something is there some pattern that maybe nobody else is noticing? Write to us, talk to us. Conspiracy stuff show on Instagram, conspiracy stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Check out our Here's Where It Gets Crazy page or group on Facebook.
3: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All you got to do is name myself Matt or Ben or make some passing reference to a thing that we recognize from the show lore or just make a little pun or just say something clever. Or
1: or just bring up Mission Control Paul Deckett. We
3: love that, too. Of course. we. Of course. How could I possibly leave out Mission Control himself? I feel like a real heel. No, no. We just will know for sure. We'll know you're not a Russian bot (laughs) or an autonomous... uh, Sentient drone trying to get
1: at us. Absolutely. You can call us. We are 1 833 STDWYTK. Leave a message. Uh, record your drone sighting if you can. That would be amazing. Or fly a drone while you're on the phone with us. That's or not just dangerous. Make
3: sound effects with your mouth like <laughs> a
1: drone. <laughs> okay. uh, if you don't want to do any of that stuff, send us a good old fashioned email. We are
3: conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. <laughs>